What's up, FBU Nation? We are back. It is Coach AB alongside uh, Vince Gabriel. And today we are going to be talking about the five money-making musts in 2021. So welcome if you're a new listener to the Fitness Business University podcast, where we help gym owners get more clients, make more money, and have more freedom. What's up, Vince? Why is your hat so uh, destroyed? Does that say Drew Brees in the hat? Yes. Brees on tees. What is that? Yes. So um, Breeze on the Tees is a is a charity golf tournament that – so this hat is about 15 years old. It looks it. And, and I broke it. Yeah, it's, it's old. But I broke it out um, for no other reason otherwise I saw it in my closet. But it just co- – it, co- it coincided with uh, Drew Breeze announced his retirement. And, you know, the cool thing – one of the cool things about the, where I used to work is – when I was working at Fitness Quest 10 in 2006, I think, um, we had the FedEx Ground and the FedEx Air Player of the Year working out at the same gym. So Drew Brees and Danny Tomlinson both got those awards. It was like crazy. And we had both trained them. But, um, so I got to know these guys. And, and Drew Brees, by the way, is one of the most amazing human beings on the planet. Just a really salt-of-the-earth guy. Um but he, not a lot of people know the story of Breeze, of how he was not this like all pro quarterback that started his career in New Orleans, that he was literally in San Diego and he was getting ousted and by the Chargers. The Chargers wanted him out because they drafted him in the third round or whatever. And then they're like, they didn't think he was good. And so they're like, we got to find someone else to replace this guy. Wonder if they, they regret that decision today. <laughs> they do, and they drafted Philip Rivers, who is not who's a good quarterback and a good career. I thought they drafted Eli Manning. I they did. I, it, yeah. It's a it's such a stupid long story, so I don't I didn't even talk about it. But anyway, <laughs> you don't want to talk they, about the facts of, of but football? they but they they technically they got fit. They ended up getting they they were they drafted a quarterback round one. That's that's the, yeah. the and the, and the point of that is they were saying screw you to Breeze, we don't want you anymore. And so they drafted Rivers, and Breeze goes on to have like this Pro Bowl year, like an amazing year where uh, like you would think that every team would want him. And the last game of the season, he gets hit really hard, and his shoulder just gets crushed. And I, I don't know. This is a fact I don't know. I don't know if the Chargers cut him or if his contract just didn't get renewed. I'm not sure, but he went up as a free agent after that while he's getting like surgery for his shoulder. And there was two teams that wanted him. Only two teams in the entire NFL that wanted him. Now, this is the best, one of the best quarterbacks that's ever played the game. And only two teams wanted him. And one was the New Orleans Saints, obviously, and the other one was the Miami Dolphins. And uh, obviously, the Saints got him, and the rest is history. But I, 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 I love this. Such a great story of like this guy was a third round pick. He was getting ousted by the team he was drafted by. They didn't want him anymore. And he either had a chance to go and just have this mediocre career as a backup or go off and create this crazy career as one of the best quarterbacks ever to play the game. And it just shows like the toughness and the, and how to overcome adversity and how you can, you know, you can start something slow and then end up being, you know, so much better through hard work and dedication and stuff like that. So it was, he's such a great guy. And I was really, and again, Did you actually train him. Uh, so I, I trained him like a few times. I was never his like main trainer. Like if Durkin would go away, I would step in and train him. Um, 
but uh, we just got, we knew them uh, on a social level. Like my wife used to be friends with his wife and uh, we would go down to New Orleans and go to games before we had kids and stuff like that. And they're just, just super cool people. Um, but it's just a, it's a, it's a great story in overcoming adversity. And I think a lot of people see Drew Brees on top of the mountain and don't realize like where he was on the bottom. Like I saw that and I saw, I was like in the chargers. I wasn't in the organization, but I was training a ton of the players. Uh, I trained most of the linemen and stuff like that, but I was training a lot. So I was in the inside and it was just like, man, Brees is just, they, they don't want them. They don't want anything to do with them. They were drafting rivers or drafting these guys. Like it's, it was crazy. I felt bad for the guy. And then he goes on and just has this unbelievable career in New Orleans. It's just, it's such a cool story and a story just like us that we go through, that we go through and we get beat and we get bumped, we get bumped and, you know, we get naysayers. We get people that think that we shouldn't have opened a gym or started a gym. And, uh, you know, here we are, you know, rising, rising tide in a pandemic. So um, it's just a, it's just a cool story. So yeah, that's a, my breeze on the T's hat. <laughs> you think that that motivated him more drew breeze? Like oh, if, yeah. he, if he would have stayed there, you think he would have had the career that he would have had? I, I don't think so. I think that, that the fact of him, I, I think it was like the combination of drew getting hurt. And then also um, them, you know, drafting rivers. Like that, it, it's it, it's it, it's the biggest screw you when you're a starting quarterback and they draft in the first round someone in your position. Well, who they do that to recently, Vince? Eli? No, Aaron Rodgers. They drafted that that kid last year. Yeah, but Aaron Rodgers has been in the league for you know 15 years. Look at the season he had this year. Right, but season. still, they're they're Motivated looking at the. Him. So I think it's different. Like Aaron, Drew Brees was literally Young, his third yeah, year. Yeah, yeah. Right, it was his third year as the starting quarterback. Aaron Rodgers is, is almost forty, so he was, he was not happy about that, though. No, yeah, he Aaron seemed Rodgers like he is. he seems like he's a guy you don't want to piss off. Yeah, I heard some like not good things about him apparently, but I heard Drew Brees is a, a really good guy. I don't and, know, uh, I don't know him personally. I know I know Drew Brees personally. Um, I did. We also used to train a guy named Carson Palmer, who used to be an SC yeah. quarterback. He's a really good guy. Um. It was a lot. It was really cool. It was really cool when I worked there. There was like, there was like, it was like pro athlete galore. So like I was just going to ask you, so like, is it like intimidating to actually train those guys? Like, do you like wonder, like, I wonder if Drew Brees thought I sucked as a trainer? Um, I, I you know, it, 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 the answer to your question was, was it intimidating? Hell yeah. In the beginning, like, cause you're dealing with, I remember the first time I trained LaDainian Tomlinson, I was like, you know, so nervous because like what happens if you hurt him yeah like this guy's making like 50 million a year or whatever it is not not that much but like and it's just like you're like doing him taking him through these workouts and you're like oh my god the only thing i don't want to do is hurt the guy and but then again you want to give him a good workout because he's coming there to get trained and so yeah in the beginning it was very it, it was it was harder for those kinds of guys for the for the uh, Tomlinson and the breezes of the world and the quarterbacks and stuff. The linemen, you know, you're like, oh, whatever, these linemen are fine. Yeah, they're not going to, nothing's going to happen. But yes, it, but you get used to it after a while and you get to know them, and you get to know their bodies. And, you know, at the end of the day, too, 
these guys are like so good. Like Lithanian Thompson is so good. And this is nothing against the training that we were doing with him, you know, back then, but like he probably would have been just as good. Like right. he was just like, he was like, almost like, like a Bo Jackson, like, you know, and he did not, the guy worked his ass off. He was a really hard worker. And he like, LT never missed workouts ever. Like he was always there, always on time. Like just a, just a really good. And actually we got to work with LT when he was with the jets. Um, Cause he got, he got traded to the jets. Um, I don't remember what year, but Vanessa worked with him in San Diego and he hired Vanessa when he was with the Jets and she did uh, fascial stretch therapy with LT. Um, so it's cool. It's cool for LT to come in with his Gabriel fitness shirt on. Um, <laughs> so that's one of those moments, man. I always said I wanted to train a celebrity like type person. So it's gotta be cool to do that. Yeah. Well, now you're going to be the celebrity. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. All right. So let's get rolling, man. What are the five money-making musts in 2021? What does everybody have to look forward to this coming year? I mean, I think, and I don't want to jinx it, but I think we're kind of bouncing back quick. I don't know. I don't want to say that too loud, but <laughs> I yeah. never know what the, everything's uh, going on. It's definitely, there's a, there's a feel uh, in the air. Um, you know, I only can tell from my own business and also from the 50 guys that we have in the mastermind that people are starting to see, you know, a decent return and, you know, buyer and consumer confidence increasing and, and, and things like that. Um, but yeah, I, I put together this presentation for uh, you guys on uh, for the, for the mastermind that we had last weekend and it went over really well. Like a lot of people were really, it got, it jogged a lot of minds and it got a lot of people thinking about what they need to be doing, you know, over the course of 2021, aside from like all the other stuff, you know, that they, you know, were doing as well. So, um, so the first one is to know your customer on a deeper level. And I, I, I was on a call recently, thanks to my friend, Paul Goff, um, recently with Mr. Wonderful, who is the, the mean shark on Shark Tank. And he said some really cool things. Like I have like five pages of notes from it and it's really good. I think at some point I'll probably use, go with my takeaways. Do you watch him on YouTube? Are you like subscribed to him on YouTube? No, I, I only see him on Shark Tank. No, he has a YouTube channel that he like pretty regularly goes on, and it's pretty good. His stuff is pretty good. He's, yeah. he's really smart. I mean, obviously, he's a really smart man, but yeah. like some of the stuff he says is really applicable to like our businesses. Yep, yep. It, it definitely. Well, he he owns you know a lot of businesses, so he's you know at the forefront of it. I don't think he, he's obviously an investor and a shark and stuff like that, but I think he's he's got an insight into what's going on in the business world, and I could tell in that in that conversation that, that we had with him. Um, but he basically said like lifetime value is everything, right? Lifetime value of a customer is like everything. And he kept talking about, you know, what do you need to do um, to increase the lifetime value? Like how do you need to treat your customers? Um, and I was down in uh, Washington, DC with uh, the Goldman Sachs program where I saw Warren Buffett speak. And his whole premise of his his small business success is delight your customer, delight your customer. Like do do the things that you uh, need to do to make your customer um, say things like, "There's nothing that would ever make me leave this place." And if you run your business um, like that, 
then you're going to increase the value of every client you bring in, which will make you want to spend more money on marketing because every person you get um, is more valuable to you. Right. And so, but he talks about like knowing the customer and the first thing um, you need to do to know your customer is to um, ask them questions and to talk to them on a regular basis. And I, and I think that, the most underused thing that gym owners have is their client base. And it's underused because there's so many answers to the questions that they have that are training in their gym at 6am and 7am, 8am, whatever, right? There's so many questions. They have the answers, whatever marketing ideas that you're looking to come up with, whatever titles for, whenever I want to come up with a title for a lead magnet for men 40 to 60, you know, the first thing I do is, I text my brother-in-law who's smack dab in the middle and a very smart, savvy guy. And I text him. It's like, what, what would you like? And so like the example is like, I was coming up with a new seminar idea for men. And I was like, Hey, what's, cause like how hard is it to attend seminars right now? Like it's hard to get people to come to attend a seminar. And I was like in, in the midst of COVID-19 right now, what would make you leave your house risk your life and go out to a gym to go to a seminar. Right. And it's funny. I'm going to, I'm going to read you because uh, I'm going to pull it up because I'm going to read you his response. It's like, this is like legit straight from my cell phone um, of, of what he said. Um, he says uh, one topic I'd attend would be something that covers total health for 40, 60 year old men, targeted exercise, um, target, targeted diet, exercise, supplements, injections, diagnostics, blood work, etc. How to be a superhuman at this age would be without being a gym fanatic. That's a really good title. That last yeah. one. Yeah. That's a really yeah. good title. So something along these lines, executive health coaching or something. I would join a club that does all this if it existed. Right. So there's like an idea that, and that, that came from one identifying, you know, who's in the market that 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 would do something that would come to the seminar but then identifying that you respect their opinion that they're an intelligent person that they have good ideas and stuff like that Um, but that's how you start to get to know your customers and know how they think is you start to ask them questions and you just start to talk to them and I, i think that gym owners and this is why it's so important for for guys not to just get so over scheduled with sessions because when you're training a session, it's kind of hard to have these really, it's not impossible, but usually when you're in a session, you're, you're focused and you're engaged and you want to give them a good workout. You're not like shooting the shit like the barbershop back and forth. I mean, there's times where that can happen, but the reality is if you want to give them a good experience, we're not sitting there talking to them for 10 minutes, but as the owner, you can come in and you can like grab them at the end of the session or grab them before or take them out to coffee and stuff like that. And there's so much to learn um, from a marketing perspective, from a retention perspective. Um, what do they love about you? What do they not love? What do they like? What would they like to see differently? Um, there's so many great questions that that you can ask and there's so many things that you can find out. Um, and the beauty of this is it's all there. It's all right there in front of you. And 
you know, start to look at, hey, you know, ask yourself the question, hey, who are the people in my gym right now that I want more of? And then start talking to those people more. And then you'll kind of have what you need to do two things. One, keep them longer. And two, find their friends that are just like them. So what would the, so I guess a takeaway, let's kind of summarize that one really fast for people listening. What would be like the top two questions that you, obviously you can't pull people aside and robotically pull out a script and say, Hey, but what would be the top two questions that you would ask your target client to use for knowing them more in depth? Like what would be those questions that, so if I pull the client aside, what would be the two questions I said I should ask? So, um, I, I would almost like if, if I was just picking two, I would just say like, what's a, what's a retention question and what's a marketing question. Right. So if I was asked a, a retention question, I would say something along the lines of, you know, what do we do great and what do we need to improve? Right. What are the things? And that's kind of a two pronged question, but what are the things that we, you know, you love about us? What are the things that keep you coming, you know, back and stuff like that? And then on the flip side, part B of that question, you know, would be, um, um, uh, I lost the, train of the marketing, the marketing yeah. question. No, no, no. Part so, but part B. So you have the um, the retention questions. Yeah, yeah. So you have, you have the retention question, what I just said, and then the marketing part of, of the question is, is something like, "Hey, where where do you go? What places do you go? What magazines do you read? What newspapers do you read? Um, what what?" Similar to the question I asked my brother-in-law was what 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 uh, seminars would you go to and things like that. Um, so that would be the two probably almost like look at like all right what am I trying to accomplish here? I'm trying to improve retention. Well, find out what you're you're doing well and and this oh sorry so this the second part of that part B of that was what do we need do to improve? Do? So we I do this pretty regularly. So actually the other day this was pretty cool. I was actually going to um, put it on YouTube and put it in the, in the, the MMIC group. Because uh, I thought it was really valuable, and I think people could take a lot away from it, um, which I have to ask you and tell you. So I guess you could hear it. So what I did was I took my top three most successful clients who pay the most money with us, who have been with us for well over a year, and I've got them on Zoom together. And I literally asked them a whole bunch of questions. It was like my market research. They loved it. They actually loved it. They said, "I love this. We should do this more often." Um, but it was just market research for me because uh, I was like finding out some of these things. But again, I get this all the time because I ask these questions pretty regularly. Like, what do you like that we do? What can we improve? And I don't know if people just don't want to tell me, but they're like, no, you're doing everything correctly. You're doing everything good. You know, so how do you know if that's. Yeah. So, so here's, here's what I say. Yeah. So, and, and you say the same thing if someone terminates their membership um, and you want to find out like why they terminated, you, 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 you position it and you, you approach the situation like, Hey, um, I'm a big boy and I really need your help here. And the help you're going to give me is 100% brutal honesty. Say the words brutal honesty. And I know that my business is not perfect. And I know that I can do things that are better. And the, what I, what I really appreciate is, is you giving me your advice, use that word advice, giving me your advice on what are some things. So I think you got to approach it in that sense is you, 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 you bring out the elephant in the room. What is the elephant in the room? They don't want to hurt your feelings. Right. 
right? That's the elephant in the room. And you basically just, you know, step sidestep that by saying, whatever you said, don't worry, I'm not going to take it personally. Whatever you say, I need to hear this. I don't get better if I only hear the good stuff and things like that. Right. That's how I do it. All right, cool. I think that'll help everybody. So guys got to know your customer, number one. And I think that is so important too. So relentless marketing, number two. I love this one. And I, when I hear relentless marketing, I think of the advice that you've given us in your top level program, which is our CEO program. But that's what I think of. Am I allowed to tell them or is that like a secret for us? No, you can do it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. So one of the, one of the things that Vince told us to do was make an offer every day. And it doesn't sound like much like, oh, what kind of advice is that? But man, it, it really does. If you make an offer every day and you can do it in so many different ways, I think it just kind of turns the switch a little bit to, to make you almost feel like you're building momentum going into the next day and the next day and the next day. At least for me, that's what it's done. Like it's allowed me to say like, okay, at least I took a step today to do something good and move my oh, how's business it, How's forward. it worked for you in the month uh, of uh, February? February, March, January. I've had, like I said, man, I don't want to say anything too much, but it's been a good quarter so far. That's it awesome. really has. It's been a good quarter. And I really think it's because of that. Like I have a habit tracker on my phone. So you're excited to come back to the next CEO mastermind and report your results. Yeah. So <laughs> I have a habit tracker on my phone and I use it pretty regularly for things I want to accomplish in my life. Cause it reminds me to, to check the box every day. And that's one of my boxes that I have to check. Did I make an offer today? So I can't that's- go to sleep unless I do that. So that means in Sunday, I, and I post really, really regularly. So I'll do anything at whatever I have to do. If I need to send out an email or whatever, I do it. So that's what I think of when I think of relentless marketing. Um, so I don't know if you want to elaborate further yeah. on that. Yeah, no, that, I, think, I think you hit it up pretty good. But basically making an offer a day is you know, not just you know, putting content out, but, but legitimately saying, hey, um, if you'd like more about to learn more about this, click here. Or, so, hey, reply to this email and, and, and giving someone a very clear call to action to do something. So I'll tell you what I'm doing right now. So right now, I, I kind of someone told me to do this. And then there was like they sent me as a YouTube video to like watch it. And basically, the, the gist of it is to make content on, on YouTube. It's supposed to be on YouTube, but whatever. I put it everywhere anyway for 90 days straight. Mm. So I think I'm up to like almost 20 in a row. That's awesome. But it really – so what I do now is – Almost in every video, I use a nine-word email in the video. <laughs> it's getting a little repetitive because I've done so many videos, but I use a nine-word email as almost a call to action in almost every video. And now I'm going to have this big, bigger bank of content that nice. I'll be able to pull from at any point. And I know every video has an offer in it. Yeah, that, I mean, and that's like the, how you win with this game. I think a lot of people like, you know, even the nine-word email people want like, People say, you know, email me and say, they email me, but they, 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 me- they message me and they say, Hey, you know, what's the best nine word email to use? I got to get a bump here. I got to get something going. And that's like the wrong way to look at it. It's like the, the marketing is about this constant pulse of behavior and activity that you're doing. It's not this one, it's marketing is not an event. And if all of a sudden you're relying on this one event or you're relying on a six week challenge, you're relying on sweepstakes and you're relying on this. It's not going to work. Like you, you got to have a plan and you got to have, you know, boots on the ground. And you got to be doing things on a regular basis like this podcast. Like we didn't just do like podcasts like once a month and then do like five in one month and five in one week. And then no, we've done a podcast pretty much every week since we started. Right. Since 
before AB was born, we were doing a podcast every week. No, I'm kidding. Uh, but we've been doing this a really, really long time, but we have not missed a week. And there's been some weeks where we've had, there's been some pod, some periods of time where I'm promoting something and I want you guys to hear from me more um, that I've done a podcast every day. But this podcast doesn't work if it's just like randomly periodic. It's just, it works when it's consistent. Right. So that's, that's relentless marketing. So I want to get in. I want to tie this. I'm going to tie it in actually to one of the other ones. This is number four. So I'm going to pause on number three and we'll come back to it. But number four is building celebrity or authority. So I think that you can use your relentless marketing to build yourself as the authority. So in my case, I'm using video. That's just my mean means that I'm doing. And I'm just reposting the content everywhere. So I believe that that is also helping to escalate me being a celebrity and authority because people now see like, wow, this guy's consistent every day. There's something. So I think that that kind of ties in. And I don't know if you want to cover more on that. Yeah, no. And I think it's a good point. I talked about you on celebrity authority today, but um, the thing with celebrity authority of why that's so important for micro gyms like ours is that it's a key differentiator that there's not a lot of, you know, um, orange theory does not have like a celebrity owner. And even if they do, it's on a very national level. I think that local celebrity is a very powerful thing that being a celebrity and you could say celebrity authority, a celebrity is better, um, then, but an authority is just, you're really well known for a specific expertise, but celebrity authority, um, as as a local business, when you're well known as the owner and people know you in the community, um, it's going to be really, really good for your business. And I don't think enough people are leveraging it. And I've often said that, you know, in this climate where it's harder to succeed with all these things popping up and all these franchises and all these other things popping up, we have to find a way to differentiate ourselves. We no longer can do it with the workout. That is a given that you will not be different. AB's workouts are way different than what we do at GFP, but it is not the reason why that people continue to come. It's not, it is not the workout. The workout is a piece of what you do, but if you constantly are trying to perfect the workout um, to draw new people, that that is not it. Um, You know, even, even, you know, we had Mike Boyle on, you know, speak to us. There's no bigger celebrity in the Boston area than Mike Boyle. And yes, their training is great, but Mike Boyle's name is the biggest driver of his new clients, right. not the training system that they do. Even his staff too. Yeah. His name sure. is his driving force for his staff. I think we yeah. put it in a better order, Vince, the, the five money-making musts. I think we put it in a better order. Know your customer. That's obvious. Uh, relentless marketing, which follows up with knowing your customer, then becoming a celebrity or an authority. And number four I'm putting it well, in a new order. I do, I do want to make a point on um, um, relentless marketing again. And I think that um, – so I, I want to brag a little bit. I want to brag a little bit. So oh, Go ahead. Like you never do that before. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> we took out a newspaper ad recently. And the newspaper ad um, – now, who, who markets in the newspaper? Like crazy. Um. But we found like a but but here's here's a great an example. And this is going back to knowing your customer and talking to your customer. So I got this local newspaper sent to my house, and I was like, "This is interesting. I wonder if people read this." 
And so I sent a Facebook message to, or uh, posted in the, my gym's Facebook group. And in the Facebook group, I asked them, uh, what do you guys, uh, do you guys read this paper? And like 40 people chimed in and were like, yeah, we read it. Yeah, we read it. Yeah, we read it. It's like, they're like, it's so short. It's almost hard not to. Cause it's like six pages long. So I said, I want to try something. I want to try and take an ad out in the newspaper. Cause I was looking at all the ads and the ads were like total garbage. They were like, some guy legitimately, this is what this guy did. This is how bad people are at marketing. He took his business card and blew it up to a half a page. I was like, that is like the biggest, the stupidest thing like I've ever seen in my entire life. The biggest waste of money. He blew up his business card to be a half a page. <laughs> like what? Like I was like, Relentless man, marketing. Like if I can't <laughs> beat this guy, it is like, it's too easy. So we, we, we have a new program coming, uh, coming out called grit sports performance or grit athlete performance. And I took a two page spread out to promote in the newspaper. And so far based uh, last time I checked the metrics, that newspaper ad has generated over $15,000 in revenue. Now I'm talking immediate revenue that we've already collected. Not like lifetime value revenue or anything like that. We've collected $15,000 from a newspaper ad. And um, a lot of those kids will continue in the summer with us, which will equate. So we're going to track this. We got a, we got a hard tracker. Um, I, I believe it's going to, I'm going to call it the hundred K newspaper ad. Cause at some point this one newspaper ad will generate a hundred K in business r- based on, other things that they do based on referrals that they bring and stuff like that. So we'll call it the hundred K newspaper ad. But in terms of relentless marketing, you have to look at what are you doing for marketing and ask yourself these questions. One, what do I need to stop doing? What is it? What are you doing right now? That's just, you're banging your hands wall and you know, you're spending time on it. You're not getting results. And what do you just need to stop doing? Second thing is what do you need to enhance? What do you need to leverage? What do you need to, uh, what's something that you're already doing that you need to do better? So my favorite example is a website. Like you're not going to just like stop, you know, your website. You're not going to shut down your website. That would be the stupidest thing you ever did was shut down your website, right? But you probably need to make it better. You probably need to wake your website better. You probably need to, you know, change the call to action on it. You probably need to change the images on it. You probably need to get better pictures on it. And I'll tell you, that is one thing that, um, Mr. Wonderful uh, said, the first thing he said about marketing was you need a good website. He was like, if you're going to, if you're going to have a presence, you need a good website. That is the first thing people see. That's the showcase. That's your number one, you know, I I have a line of sight that people have to your business online. So you got to have that website. So um, that, that's, that, that's the biggest ones is is that um, start looking at what do you need to get rid of? What do you need to uh, enhance, right? And then what do you need to add, right? What do you need to add? Is there something that you can add? Is there something like newspapers that you're not doing right now that you could do? Do you want to dabble in direct mail? Do you need to start marketing on Facebook and doing videos like AB's doing? Um, So it's enhance, it is drop, and it is uh, start new, those three things um, to enhance uh, what you're doing for marketing. All right, cool. So let's go to number four now, which I believe ties in better than the way you had it written. But 
operational excellence. Yes. You can't be building this big uh, bucket to get people in the door if they're going to fall right out the back. So operational excellence, your business has to be running efficient. Uh, I like a lean business. I like to run a lean business. I think it's a lot easier to handle. Uh, That's just me. I like a small blueprint. (laughs) That's basically my model. But I believe it's easier to run something when it's a little bit leaner. And uh, yeah, I just think having these systems down, a lot of people do things off their head. And I don't think that's a smart move at all. Yeah. Um, So basically the operational excellence is not having money leaks in your business, not having things that aren't optimized, not having things that where you could be making X. And here's, here's the best example. So I wanted to vomit when I looked at my own business's capacity and that's what COVID will do, right? COVID will make you look at things that you didn't think were good. And um, we looked at our capacity and even pre-pandemic, our capacity was not nearly as good. It means we, meaning we had a lot of waste. We had sessions that weren't full. We had sessions that were going on and I totaled up the, and this is, I wanted to kind of bury my head in my hands and cry, but I totaled up the amount of money that we were losing by having all the empty spaces. And it was like, so there's a, there's a hotel that does this. I can't remember which hotel it is, but there's a hotel that looks at their capacity of rooms and they look at, all right, if we have 100 hotel rooms and 30 are empty, they look at the 30, they multiply by the room rate. And they're basically saying we're losing, say it's a hundred bucks. So 30 times a hundred. So it's, what is that? Three grand. Yeah. So it'd be three grand a night. So we're losing three grand a night by not having those 30 rooms filled. <laughs> Instead True. of saying we're at 70% capacity, they say we're at 30, we're losing three grand a month, three grand a day. Which, which equates to 90 grand a month. So if wow. they do that every day, we're losing 90 grand a month right now. Right now, it, it, it's, it's an eerie way to look at it, but it's kind of, if you want to maximize your business, it's kind of what you need to be doing is looking at where are the leaks. So I believe usage, capacity, that's a huge leak in businesses right now. People are not looking at that. You should be looking at that on a weekly basis and, and, and making sure that your sessions are full and what, what adjustments do you need to make in the schedule, right? To be able to, um, you know, minimize and raise the capacity that you have in your sessions. Um, the other one is, is not training your staff well enough. That's a money leak big time because I talked about before, the lifetime value of a customer is everything. The lifetime value of a customer is everything. If you're not training your staff, most likely you're not increasing the lifetime value. Yeah, Joe Riggio said this um, on, the, uh, on the Mastermind this weekend. He said something that kind of resonated. It's like, he said that's, so, I'm going to butcher exactly what he said, but something to the effect of like, people always ask him why he dumps so much into his, client, into his trainers. And he said, well, if I do, are you worried if they're going to leave? And he said something like, well, if I don't put money into them, they're useless. They're not going to do as much as if I did put the money into them. So that was kind of like a, I only the, heard literally like two yeah, minutes of his speech and the, that was like the best. I was like, all right, I'm done. Yeah. And Joe, <laughs> Joe used a beautiful John Maxwell quote. Um, it, it basically it's, you know, if you're scared about investing in your people, you should be more scared. This I'm butchering this as well, but 
what if they stay, if you don't invest in your people, what yeah, if they stay and remain dumb? That's yeah. what it is. Yeah. Yeah. But that was like, literally, I, because I, I had to go, I was busy that day and I had something going on with the family and I clicked on, I heard that and I'm like, that was all I really needed to hear. Yeah. <laughs> it was perfect. But I think that that ties It's funny. I, I've well. started to do that recently. And, and as I go, I get, um, as I go through life, I'm, I'm a, I'm a, by nature, somewhat slower moving. Um, but I've tr- have to train myself to move faster and faster and faster. Um, and that's what, like the other day I was reading a book and I pulled a, a book out and I read the first line of the book and I closed the book and I went and did it. Like, yeah, I don't, yeah, re- yeah. I don't even remember what it was. I just closed the book and I just went and did it. And I think that's a great thing. It's like, I do you can the sit there at, educating yourself for 30 minutes or you can, take action on what you read and i'd rather you educate yourself for one minute and then go take action on that one thing you did in one minute than sitting there comfortably with a cup of coffee reading for 60 minutes saying you read for 60 minutes and then do shit about it well this is what i did this is an a b tip so an a b tip we should probably make this a segment of the podcast that'd be pretty cool but an a b tip so basically what i do is i will literally if i'm watching a video or if i'm if if you're talking or if i'm listening to something whatever it is I literally will stop if it's playing. I'll pause it. If I'm reading, I'll put it down. I'll take my reminders app on my phone. I'll punch in exactly what I want to do based on that. I'll write it in my notes. I'll set a timer to do it like whatever, a timer or whatever. I'll set it. So, okay, I'm going to do this tomorrow. And I put it in my calendar for tomorrow to be done. And then it pops up on my thing. I say, okay, stop what I'm doing. And I do it. Yeah, that's great. That's what I do every, I do it a lot, actually. That's awesome. Yeah, that's uh, that's huge. I mean, that's like, you know, education is great, but it's if you're not, you know, taking action from the things that you learn, it's kind of like what you're just, you know, filling your head with stuff that you're never going right. to utilize. So, all right. So that's last, that's operational excellence. Um, and the, you know, we the could, last there, one, the last one, could, me and you kind of got into a little bit of not debate today, but we got into a little uh, discussion over it, but it's income diversification. Yeah. So. I agree with you 100% with what you're going to say, but I still will rebut you a little bit that depending on the person and their thing, they need to focus on one course until successful. For sure. For sure. And that's, you know, what my, you know, whole slide was. I don't, I don't have the slides in front of me um, right now, but I do, I do believe that if you want to be successful financially, that all the most successful financial people that, we know in the entrepreneurial space, most of them have multiple ways to generate money. Um, They have a business, they invest in real estate, they're in the stock market, they're doing all kinds of different things. And my point was in saying is that you have to work towards that through, you have to work towards having opportunities to diversify yourself financially through maximizing your current business, right? Through, having a good through being debt free on your personal side through being debt free on your business side through having good cash cushions uh in both your personal and business accounts right all all of these things are important because once you satisfy you know the main core business right then you have all these other opportunities to continue to make money. And I see it, you know, obviously in my, in myself, I've chosen a route of, you know, I, I don't invest in real estate, but I've, I just have just a lot, own a lot of businesses. So I own four businesses right now. Right. Um, and I invest in the stock market. So, 
that that's the way I've done it. But many guys in the SPF have done it through um, real estate that they've just taken their one location and they've bought Joe Hashi has, you know, he has, uh, I think Joe Hashi has got like four or five properties right now or something like that, but he's got, you know, he owns one of the buildings his gym is in and he's got two properties out in Colorado. Um, you know, there's a lot, there's a, there's a huge list of guys in the mastermind right now that have multiple ways that they generate income aside from their one gym. And that's kind of what my point was. I was like, the goal is to, yes, you need to maximize your first business and first gym. And what AB is saying is you need to stay focused, right? And I, I think he and I were saying the same thing and just in a different way, but you need to stay focused and you need to have one thing that th- that is really well. And then after that, you increase your level of security, Um for yourself and your family when you have multiple ways to generate. So for example, if you have two gyms, right? And one gym has a trainer leave and take all, you know, 10, 20% of your clients. If that's your only income, that's a big hit on you. Versus if you have another gym that didn't happen, you have that gym to lean on. Right. So you're just, so sometimes I, I wonder what, what's more risky. Is it having one gym or having five gyms? Right? It's kind of more risky to have five. Yeah. Sorry, sorry. It's more risky to have one because you're putting all your eggs in one best. And Dan Kennedy says the same thing. The worst number in marketing is one. Well, I'd say the worst, and according to Robert Kiyosaki would agree with this, who talks about having multiple ways to generate money, right, is, is di- diversify. So it's something that we, you know, a lot of the guys in SPF, you know, are, are, are diversifying. I know you have multiple gyms, AB, you have your meal program, you have all kinds of, you got all kinds of backyard shit going on out there in Long Island. <laughs> um, but it's, so, so it's, it's, uh, it's, it's, um, it's, it's, it's something that you want to think about. It's something that, but, but, but step one, and this is my whole slide was here's what you need to do before you even think about going off and doing all this other stuff, right? Got to have your home base set. Agreed. And that's it. Those are the five money-making musts in 2021. I promise you guys, if you pause this, write down some notes really quick and start implementing on those things, you will have success this year, despite 2020 not being the best year for a lot of people. I think you can have a lot of success this year. So uh, Vince, anything else you want to say to put a bow on this? Um, No, but the URL is ready. If you want to get a copy of my marketing book, Go to vincesfreebook.com. There you go. You don't have to do any slashes or nothing like that. Vince's, that's V-I-N-C-E-S, freebook.com. Just go to it because it's a cool URL, vincesfreebook.com, and they can get a copy, a free copy of my uh, marketing book. Just cover the shipping, Um, and then Meg will probably throw in some other goodies for you uh, when you get your box, but uh, vincesfreebook.com. Com. There also is an opportunity, I believe, when you buy the book to upgrade to a bundle. And the bundle is like a bunch of books. Or like it's, a, it's called Vince's Black Box. And it's a black box of, that we send you in the mail. It's a black, I think it's a black box. Maybe it's a yellow envelope. I don't know. Um, <laughs> it's one or the other. <laughs> it, the, the graphic on the, on the, on the, uh, on the website shows a, a black box. So I don't know if it comes in a black box though. Uh, but you get a bu- big bundle of books from me. 
All right, guys. Well, that's it. So make sure you leave us a five-star review that lets the brains of the podcasting world let us know we're doing a good job. And uh, don't forget to hit that subscribe button. This way you always get real, appliable, I almost said fitness information because I'm used to saying that, but fitness business information right to your ears. All right, guys. We'll catch you on the next one.